Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to talk about what a blue belt represents in the grand scheme of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. What does a blue belt represent in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? I did an episode titled The Blue Belt about a year ago. It was one of my most popular episodes. In it, I talk about what I'm looking for before I promote a student to blue belt. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Brandon shared a post the other day on his Facebook group, BrandonMC.Ninja. First, if you're not a member of that Facebook group, you should really consider joining. Brandon shares a lot of really cool ideas and videos, and there's usually great discussion going on. It's a pretty great place to be. But Brandon shared this post. Again, he shared it. He wasn't the author. Where this guy talks about what a blue belt represents in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or what it should represent. He argues that if you're a blue belt and you cannot teach, if you don't feel comfortable teaching, if you cannot teach the basics of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, then you are not a blue belt. You should really consider why you got promoted. Was it due to monetary reasons or something else? He goes on to say that he's not attacking blue belts. It's not your fault. It's really more about the instructors. He wants to keep the sanctity of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu's belts pure. He doesn't want Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to turn into karate, where a lot of the schools have become belt factories. He doesn't care how you perform on the mats. It's a lot more about your ability to give back in the art. He goes on to say a couple of other things, but that was the gist of it. And I wanted to respond a couple of different times, but I didn't really want to uh, write a couple hundred word response. So that's why I have a podcast. I love having a podcast because I can take a topic like this and I can rant for 10 to 20 minutes and I can really express how I feel about, you know, what this guy wrote. So first I'll say that I used to believe a lot of what this um, author wrote about the blue belt. I really had high standards. I thought it should be almost impossible to get a blue belt. I felt like a lot of people didn't deserve their blue belts when they got them. And I want to explain why I felt this way because there's a couple of different reasons. And I think a lot of you, especially if you were in similar situations to me, feel this way. So when I first started at my first gym, there were two purple belts and one blue belt. The rest of the students were all white belts. So I thought a blue belt was just this special thing. There was only one at that gym, and he was a savage. He was the senior student. The two purple belts taught, and the blue belt was kind of like the assistant instructor. And I wanted to be a blue belt so bad. So when I made the switch and I started training with Brandon full-time, Brandon had just gotten his purple belt, and his six senior students were blue belts. Same thing. I wanted to be a blue belt. I wanted to join them. And... It really felt like the blue belt was an advanced belt because I just didn't have the understanding of what a brown and black belt was. I didn't realize how much better a black belt was than a blue and purple belt. And without that reference, I built the blue belt in my mind, as I said, to an advanced belt. And I made all of these special things that you had to do to get a blue belt. And if you didn't do them, then you didn't deserve them. The big one was competing. Like I thought you should have to compete and you should have to go win a couple of tournaments before you got promoted to blue belt. And if you didn't do that, then you shouldn't be promoted to blue belt until at least you had been training three, four or five years. 
And it's funny, you know, thinking back now, like I'm thinking this is a blue and purple belt. I'm not a coach. I'm not an instructor. It's just I'm a practitioner that really loved the art that, you know, again, thought that, man, you know, you used to get a blue belt, this special thing to join this special club. You should have to do all these things. Well, what really what uh, what also really added to that was my own personal goals. As you guys know, when I first started, I pretty much immediately fell in love and I became obsessed. And I set all these goals for myself. I wanted to become a blue belt. I wanted to become a blue belt as soon as possible. I really wanted to get my black belt in under five years. I wanted to compete at ADCC. I wanted to travel the world and train and teach jujitsu. I wanted to become my job, my lifestyle. And with those goals and with the pressure you know that i put on myself i started to put that on others and i took my goals and just assumed everybody else had the same goals that they wanted to do jujitsu full-time that they wanted to become world champions that they wanted to teach worldwide and so these guys that were training twice a week that had families that had kids i was putting all of these pressures on them without them even knowing it and so when they got promoted to blue belt, it was like, man, they didn't do half of what I did, but they weren't even training a quarter of the, the amount that I was. And so our belts were, of course, going to look much different. Their goals, whether they were just to get healthy or they just wanted to def- uh, learn how to defend themselves or they just really liked the art of jujitsu and they wanted to learn as much as they can. I was, again, trying to, in my mind, making it where, well, if you don't want to be a world champion, then why are you training? If you're not trying to teach, then why are you training? If you're not trying to open up a school, why, why are you training? You know, that's everybody's goals. And I didn't understand for a long time that that really played a huge part into that negative way of thinking. And what really changed my perception of what a blue belt is and what it represents was when I started coaching and teaching myself. So as I started to take on more of a teaching and coaching role at 10th Planet Decatur, I started to assess what a blue belt was. As I was looking at students and I was thinking about promotions, I realized that every belt promotion um, looks different. And it doesn't look different because everyone has different, um, you know, different ceilings. You know, if a student comes in and he is less athletic and he doesn't pick up the movements as quickly, well, I I don't just make his blue belt easier to get than somebody else's. It's really about judging that student's progress. And there are certain things that I want to see everybody at 10th Point Decatur, I want to see that they can do before they get blue belt. But as I mentioned in the blue belt, uh, my blue belt episode, uh, the blue belt, it has nothing to do with how they perform on the mat or their ability to teach. It's literally more of how they've grown as a person and their ability to survive and their ability to get comfortable in uncomfortable situations, their ability to train with all different types of training partners. You know, what are their favorite techniques? Are they starting to pick up some of the some of the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu? And yes, there are basic movements I think every blue belt should possess, but it does not have to do with teaching and it does not have to do with your ability to slay every single person on the mat. And that's really important because as I said, a lot of people make the blue belt and they put all these impossible standards on it when in reality, the blue belt is just a beginner belt. 
It really is a belt about survival. All of the greats talk about blue belt as, no, no, it's just your ability to survive. It's your ability to breathe and to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's the most important thing when you're first learning to fight and defend yourself is you have to be able to breathe through these uncomfortable situations. And on top of that, you're going to learn some techniques. And on top of that, you're going to be able to teach some techniques. I mean, at Blue Belt, you're going to have a couple of techniques that are pretty darn good. You're going to be able to teach a couple of your go-to techniques. 100%, I believe that. But a Blue Belt is not ready to teach. And they're definitely not ready to teach the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu. There are a lot of purple, brown, and black belts that don't teach the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu very well. There are still things that are fundamental that I don't teach very well. And it's putting, again, an impossible standard to a belt that should be viewed as a beginner belt. Now, one of the big things that people uh, were mentioning in this post was, well, what about the guys that were blue belts that started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu schools? And this is a great question because a lot of guys started their schools at blue belt that I know that have now turned them into super successful schools. Some of the best schools in the world started with blue belt instructors. I really think about 10th Planet Bethlehem and obviously 10th Planet Decatur. Brandon started teaching as a blue belt. Those two schools, Sean Applegate, 10th Planet Atlanta, he started as a blue belt. And all of those examples have produced some top-notch world-class students. Well, what was different and why were they able to succeed at blue belt? Well, first, anybody can open a school as a blue belt. Of course, you're going to get hated on. A lot of the local gyms, especially if you have gyms within 30 miles of you, are going to make fun of you, yada, yada, yada. But you can do it. And I'm going to say a couple of things about this. First, I would never, ever, ever recommend somebody to start a gym as a blue belt. And I never, ever, ever would re- uh, recommend a student go and train with somebody that started a gym as a blue belt, like if they still were a blue belt. I wouldn't tell them like, hey, if they moved into a city, even if it was 10th Planet, like, hey, there's this 10th Planet blue belt teaching and there's this you know, Alliance black belt teaching over here. I would tell them to go train with the Alliance black belt. At least go check out the Alliance black belt out first. Do a week trial there. And if you hate it and you really just want to do no gi, well, then go check out the 10th Planet blue belt. And there's a lot of reasons for this. One, a lot of those schools end up failing Two, as I said, blue belts just are not qualified to teach. Yes, they will be able to teach and show and help people that have never trained before, but the progress is going to be so much slower. Me and Brandon could get students to blue belt in a pretty good blue belt level so much faster than when Brandon was a purple belt. Like our blue belts now would beat Brandon when he was a purple belt instructor. They would beat me when I was a purple belt. They just know so much more than we did. And so I would, again, recommend somebody to go and train with the highest level guys in your area, unless there's just something fundamentally wrong with their character, or, you know, they do some really crazy culty stuff and you just, you don't like the gi, whatever it is. I still would recommend the black belt, but okay, you want to go train with the blue belt? Fine. Now I get it. Again, blue belts have succeeded. Why did they succeed? Now, I would tell you, now, if I found out that the black belt in your, um, you know, in your area, if he wasn't training, if he had stopped competing, if he had stopped, 
you know, rolling with his students, if he didn't go to seminars, if he didn't go and invite people to come in that were better than him, yeah, if he wasn't bringing in people in for seminars multiple times a year, then I would consider, I would rather go train with the blue belt. It's all about who's hungry for knowledge. And I've seen guys at black belt that have kind of given up. They've started to put on a lot of weight. They've started taking it easy during training. They don't roll with the hardest guys in the room. You see kind of that fire die in them. And all the blue belts that succeeded that I know that have now um, you know, grown their schools into you know, monster schools, they had this passion and they still have this passion. And so a blue belt that has that passion and that fire is worth training with. He's worth training with over 100 black belts that have lost that passion and that fire. And again, the, the, the teaching and the lessons and your ability to progress fast, yeah, it's going to be much slower at that gym. But I'm positive that over the long term, that blue belt's going to succeed and they're going to end up passing and being better than those black belts that have stopped training, that have stopped trying to get better. And so it's really all about keeping that white belt mindset. It's about, oh, I'm a blue belt and I just started a school. Well, are you going to train with Eddie Bravo multiple times a year? Are you bringing guys in? multiple times a year that you can learn from? Are you competing? Are you going and taking train vacations where you're going to gyms for a week or two so you can learn and get beat up and soak up as much knowledge as possible? So those are the things that made all of those guys, 10th Planet Bethlehem's instructors, Zach and JM, 10th Planet Atlanta, Sean Applegate, Brandon, they all did those things. And so at Blue Belt, you have to realize if you are trying to make yourself the best in the room, if you're trying to set yourself up as the shark of the room where, oh, okay, I beat everybody or beat almost everybody except this guy and that guy. Like, no, 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 you cannot settle. You have to get better. You have to get better. So that's what I'll say about that post. I hope you guys learned something. And the biggest thing you know, I wanna say again is don't make that blue belt standards impossibly high. Definitely don't take your standards, especially if you're a competitor, if you're a guy trying to do this full-time, don't ever put that on somebody else. It is not fair to put that on anybody else. It's only going to leave you frustrated. It's going to get, leave you angry. And it's going to you know, hurt your relationships. You, you don't want to do that. I did that for a couple of years, and I definitely regret it. And I'm glad that you know, as I've gained perspective in this sport, my mind has completely changed. And a blue belt doesn't represent the entirety of jujitsu. Do not put that pressure on yourself. At blue belt, there's so many, <laughs> so many things to learn, and it's just not fair to you know say that you represent an entire art. No, no, no. That's a black belt's job. You know, a black belt really represents what Brazilian jiu-jitsu should be. You've got many, many years to grow into what you want to become as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. But you're not the standard of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. At Blue Belt, you have just learned to survive. You've made it through the first couple of years of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which everyone deserves a pat on the back because that is a hard, hard, hard grind and you are comfortable in uncomfortable situations while knowing some techniques in Brazilian jiu-jitsu that you can perform pretty well and you can definitely mentor and help out students that are white belts. I hope that, again, explains how I feel about what a blue belt should represent. Until next time, guys, you know I love and appreciate you. Peace.